0: Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com provides tools for architects, designers, and construction professionals to discover, discuss, and specify products for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of the modern architect. the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Dioro. Thank
1: you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Scott Barrington, architect and CEO of Modler, a platform that connects architects and designers from the world's top firms with building products from the world's best brands. For more information, you can check them out at www.Modeler.com. That's www.Modeler.com. Hello Scott, we're excited and honored to have you here with us on The Modern Architect today.
2: Thanks Tom, it's exciting to be here. Excellent.
1: Scott, tell us how long you've been an architect and got you into being an architect. CEO of Modeler and how you even came about Modeler. Right? That kind of sounds like a lot, but
2: let's, let's
1: start wherever you may.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was very lucky or unfortunate enough to grow up in the building industry. <laughs> uh, so from the day I was in nappies, I was on building sites. Uh, and very early on, I decided being a builder looked really hard work, so I'd go into architecture. Um, so I used to go to the building sites with my dad and, uh, Learned a lot about building that way. Then after school, I studied architecture uh, and worked in the industry for a few years. Um, I was always fairly techie and interested with computers and Uh 3D software as well. Um, So my interest in that kind of led me to one of the big frustrations I was finding as working uh, in a firm was just it was really hard to get the product information I needed. Okay. Uh, we were getting, we had a ton of sales reps coming in, brochures getting dropped off, everyone's trying to pressure us to spec this, spec that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of the information I needed was actually in the formats I needed. So uh, early on, I started experimenting and actually uh, solved that problem for the firm I was working at internally. Okay. Um, we were using some of the tools I had built. Uh, and then I realized that uh, other people were asking to use them too, so we kind of grew the company from there. Uh, I'm originally from New Zealand, hence my funny accent. But oh, it's now not <laughs> funny at all. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I, my rugby coach is from New Zealand as well. Shout-out to Graham Bell.
2: That's <laughs> great to hear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we now have an office in Christchurch, New Zealand, and our head office here in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So okay. we, we service, I think it's about 165,000 Professional architects all around the world wow. use our tool now. Uh, a big chunk of them are here in North America, but we actually have people in everywhere from China to Zimbabwe to the U.K. Uh, one thing we've realized is architecture is a, a global industry, Certainly. and, and these, these tools tend to help people everywhere. So yeah. it's an exciting time.
1: Yeah, I noticed on your on the website you have yourself as a picture. Of, what are you, two, three years old?
2: Uh, I think I was site? three and a half. Okay,
1: so you oh. were three and a half. Do you actually remember that time? Some people do recall when they're, they're, they're young, I don't know if you remember being a, uh, a kid and being on the site.
2: Uh, or, I remember uh, being on a few sites, but okay. not that one in particular.
1: You, uh, what was your thoughts then? I mean, I'm really, like were you thinking, I want to be on here one day and I'm going to run this? What, what, what were you thinking yeah. at that time that kind of led you to where you even are now?
2: So growing up, I was obsessed with Lego, which I think a lot of architects <laughs> okay. and designers are, and maybe still are. I think I still <laughs> yeah, am too. Still are. And yeah. one thing I remember about being on the construction sites was just how big everything seemed. Uh, it's funny going to them now where they do feel a lot more accessible. Whereas when sure. you're a little kid, uh, everything's huge. Yeah. So that was kind of exciting, I think, too, to be able to be involved with something like that. I used to pick up a hammer and walk around. and This this was a time, too, where you could more easily just wander onto a building site. I don't know if my dad could... <laughs> That's right. I without don't know a hard hat could, or anything, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm talking, you're wearing flip-flops. So I, I don't think you can do this nowadays, so I was very fortunate. Um, yeah. But because of that, I learned a lot about building. So when I studied, it was amazing, actually, uh, without realizing it, how much I did know just about how a building goes together. Yeah. Uh, just through seeing it, so I was pretty fortunate, I guess.
1: Yes, and your parents own a building company, construction firm in uh, New Zealand.
2: Yeah, they're okay. still builders in New Zealand.
1: Okay, yeah. so you were around that growing up, not just to your own curiosity, but you were around, um, you know, the entire uh, the built building industry.
2: Yeah, okay. I I grew up in it for okay. sure. So I think. Um, like, I'm obviously very passionate about it nowadays, but I think it was, dare I say it, in my blood as I was growing oh, up.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, so so you've seen it since you, you, ever since you can remember. You were on the site with flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, it, it's part of your family. And and, and Modeler, did, was it, what, did Modeler <gasps> strike you as something that, like, ah, this is something I need to do? Or was it something that, with a firm that you may have been working with that you kind of solved for yourself initially?
2: Yeah, so at the start, it was mainly solving my own problems. So I figured out if I could get all the information, product information I needed into the modern, predominantly 3D formats I needed, such as um, what the umbrella term is BIM, but things like sure. Revit and ArchiCAD, um, I found if I just did that for myself, it actually allowed me to design and do my documentation a lot quicker. So I actually started off just finding a shortcut for myself. Uh, very quickly that spread through our firm, and then I realised people outside of that had the same problems. Um, now, over the last few years, we've certainly evolved the tool set to offer a lot of other things, help people discover new products. Uh, essentially, everything that's happening offline, we try and bring, bring it online, Okay, um, as especially more younger architects tend to uh, start on their computer when they're researching as opposed to to looking in physical books and things. Um, So, yeah, we just grew it up from there, and uh, it's certainly coming into an exciting time, and there's just a lot of change in the industry, I think.
1: Yeah. So you, you, you took it from your own personal use into actually commoditizing it, and how long ago was this, approximately?
2: Yeah, about, ooh, probably... Five five and a half years now. Okay. Um, as I say, we started in New Zealand, uh, and essentially got pulled to North America. We just found we were getting so much interest from over <laughs> really? here. Really? Um, so, How so?
1: Like, was it specific firms or uh, uh, jobs, projects?
2: I think it's just because we were early on supporting these modern formats. Okay. And no one else was, so that kind of pulled people towards us. Um, even today, we really don't spend a huge amount of money promoting what we do. The, the architects tend to find us uh, because they have a problem and they're trying to solve it.
1: Yeah, what other solutions, if, they, if they're not utilizing Modeler, um, what other solu- solutions to, have they traditionally gone to that by default?
2: Yeah, well, traditionally, every firm, and they still have this, has a big library that they keep and maintain and everyone will admit it's a nightmare to keep maintained as soon as oh, things sure. are in there. they You yeah. know this better than anyone, Tom. <laughs> um, and also too, it just becomes overwhelming because there's so many different companies want to reach every big firm, every small firm. It's very hard to get in the door. Uh, and because of that, it's a really fine line of not letting anyone in the door but then you don't learn about anything new Mm -hmm. but if you let everyone in the door you don't have any time left to actually get some work done and (laughs) and your boss will be pretty unhappy (laughs) so it's a real juggle and that's what we try and solve is going okay people want to learn about the new stuff out there uh, so what we try and do is we learn their interests over time and we can personalize it so if we know they're into this type of project, they're looking at these type of materials, they work in this part of the planet, uh, we can tailor the information we deliver to them. And that, that just helps save them a lot of time, but actually yeah. get the benefits of keeping up to date uh, rather than getting overwhelmed or shut out.
1: Yeah. i seen some of the testimonials on the sites and they are pretty, very excited about it. What are some of the experiences you've had directly with some of the users?
2: Yeah, so we um, like we we have a huge number in the overall network or community now, so it's hard to talk to them all. Sure, I, just
1: I, a few that you yeah I, I'm looking interfaced with.
2: I'm looking forward to the AIA conference coming up to meet a few of them. Um, yeah, so the the biggest one we hear is, wow, this just saved me a lot of time. Okay, um, so it
1: saved you a lot of time. Yeah, because it okay.
2: may not be that it saves them hours and hours each time they use us, but it may be 30 seconds or a minute or a couple of minutes a few times a week, but all that time adds up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely um, that's does. the
2: main thing. And also, too, everything we do is free for the end users, so okay. it's not like we're charging the architects, so we're kind of – people tend to like that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they can get, so is, it, is it relatively easy onboarding for the architects?
2: Super easy. Super yeah. easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super easy. Uh, people, you know, every day we pull in more architects, they sign up and start using the tool very quickly. We find it bounces around firms quite quickly. So someone in the office will start using it. They'll pass it around to others who they work directly with and indirectly with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's fairly easy there. And as I say, it's all completely free, um, which is great. And also, too, because the key thing is, is really what we're trying to build is the tools I wish I had have had when I was working. So I'm, I'm, yeah. in a lot of ways, it's it's not a selfish <laughs> endeavor, but it kind of is yeah. where I'm just trying to solve my own problem. Yeah. Because it was just so frustrating yeah. uh, because at the end of the day, I think most architects studied because they want to design buildings. Yeah. They don't want to spend half their time researching and scheduling and looking for information that's hard to find when it probably should be easy. It's it's 2017, so um, that, that's kind of what drives us and I, I guess the passion or mission for why we're doing this. Yeah.
1: What what uh, also? How do you put together like your inspiration pages? I took a look at that and thought, oh my goodness, this has more ideas than I could think of. Is that by design that you look for the most inspiring potential? solutions
2: we do yeah so we work with um a range of different architects and actually the product brands themselves to to curate different projects um and we try and just and that's just our way of showcasing interesting ideas we try and focus on the projects that don't get as much press
1: say that again the projects
3: that
2: that aren't kind of your your normal, okay. you know, like the latest Frank Gehry building. Okay. Something not that, you know, I love Frank Gehry, but what I mean sure. is we try and focus on more the up-and-coming and, coming and the, the things in interesting places that you don't see as much of. Um, and just to also showcase new products and, and things. And just really, in a lot of ways, we're trying to do what a lot of the magazines do, but um, adding a bit more interactivity. So if architects are looking for ideas for a new hospitality project or a a new restaurant or something they can actually dig in and find that information and get product ideas as they go and save and collect them and once again it just makes researching for ideas and the products they need for their project a faster and just more organized nicer experience
1: yeah so you have a the what's the, the inspiration? Is that something you're working on on a weekly basis, a daily basis to find out? Here's the type of projects that I think our our clientele is is going to be interested in. Kind of trending. Is that factor into?
2: We do, okay. yeah. So there's a lot of things we do behind the scenes with the, all the data we collect. Okay, um, and that, that's kind of the secret source. Oh, it's
1: got to be a ton of data. Do you, uh, yeah,
2: and okay. that's kind of the secret source behind what we do. Is <laughs> we've sauce. got. Um, the there's a lot of we get literally thousands every day interacting with our system so we learn a lot about the individual architects so we can help and tailor the system to them we also learn about what's trending in different parts of the globe um and then using those kind of smarts we can then introduce certain areas and trends and highlight different things that are happening so um it's it's We're getting smarter and smarter with it. I'd say we're still at early days with how we use kind of all that data. Um, okay. But we're finding it's very useful for the manufacturers because they actually learn what products people like a lot faster.
1: Oh, yes. Okay.
2: Um, but it's also just really useful for the architects because we can really tailor uh, the products and the ideas and the discovery to what they're interested in and what they're actually looking for. So it just... It, it it makes it better for everyone. Really.
1: Yeah. How's the feedback from um, the architects? Obviously, it looks ter- looks terrific. But um, is there feedback that you actually engage them with, or do they offer on their own so that you kind of up not upgrade but update the system uh, yeah, on definitely. a continuous basis?
2: Yeah. Okay. So we um, it's our system online is it's continuously getting updated. I think we. We would probably do updates almost every day now. Yeah, I notice. Uh,
1: it seems like it's alive in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're constantly adding new things, right. one based on feedback, one based on new information coming out of the brands we partner with. Uh, and as some of the firms and architects we work very closely with, they feed us new projects. Uh, so we, we try and stay pretty connected to them because, uh, like I said, essentially what we're trying to build was the tools I wanted when I was a yeah. younger architect. Um so we try and keep a pretty close connection so any um, we actually work have a nice group of architects here in the Bay Area uh, that we work with with new product and tools we've got in the works um, and we we keep pretty in touch with them to tune it all.
1: Excellent. you're listening to the modern architect KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM
0: founded in 1948. Santa Barbara-based Direct Relief International is a non-governmental humanitarian aid organization. It provides medical assistance without regard to politics, religious beliefs, or ethnicity to improve the health and lives of all people in all 50 states and 70 countries who are affected by poverty or emergencies. 100% of every donation goes directly to its clinic partners and keeping its programs running. To learn more or to contribute, visit directrelief.org. That's directrelief.org. Now back to the modern Architect.
1: We're talking today with Scott Barrington, architect and CEO of Modlar. For more information, you can check out www.modlar.com. That's www.modlar.com. Scott, what recent projects are you aware of? your clients have worked on that uh, modelers uh, help them with if you're at liberty to say so
2: yeah Yeah, i probably can't delve into exact projects i might get in a bit of trouble Um, all right most of the people who you we have an amazing range it's always surprising actually as i said we, we have architects using the system literally in every i think almost every country on the planet Um, And we get a great range from residential to multifamily to commercial to industrial. Uh, But it does skew towards commercial. So we, I'd say 65, 70% of our users are predominantly working on commercial projects. Um, And I can't name specific projects, but I mean, we, we have people in, I think it's, uh, just over 80% of the world's top 100 biggest firms using the system. So I... Say
1: that again, 80% of the top 100?
2: Largest architecture Large. firms okay. on the planet. So, I mean, we're, you you know, we're talking um, without naming names. Sure. Everyone knows the big names. And yeah. so we have architects using them in all sorts of projects. Um, wow. Right now we tend to focus on North America. So... Most of the projects where architects are using our system tend to be um, happening here in North America. Okay. Uh, But I do know of a few exciting ones. Really interesting in Asia too now because a lot of big firms here are either working on big projects over in the Middle East and Asia Mm -hmm. or they're actually setting up offices there as well. So I know um, of numerous firms. So it's really interesting how we're getting... uh, those firms but there are other offices in other countries using our system um as a kind of way to communicate
1: yeah any industries in particular that you see wow there's a you know in the, in the health care or hospitality any industries in particular you see um quite a lot of um activity in
2: yeah um Oh, it's, it's different in every location. Sure, sure. Obviously, yeah. where we're sitting... I'm generalizing, but... Obviously, where we're sitting... In, in the Bay Area, though. In yeah. the Bay Area, okay. like San Francisco, I think, every corner is under construction. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, I don't know. know if people are that happy about it. Um, <laughs> I've actually got a T-shirt that says San Francisco, and it has buildings and tower cranes on it. Oh, <laughs> <Well, nice>. um, <laughs> Because it is... it's There's a lot of construction going on in the Bay Area. Um, predominantly commercial, too, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, the, across Asia, they're building everything. They're building apartments, they're building high skylines, yeah. whole cities. Um, so we are seeing a mix everywhere. I'd say the, the, hmm, it, it's hard to say every, every region. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it, vary, it varies, it varies. It, it definitely it, varies. Of course. Yeah. Um, and
2: state to state here, it varies a lot too, yeah. I think. Yeah. And,
1: and architects in general, uh, oh. g- generally, um, they control the, uh, you know, a lot of the specifications for materials are there, and that's worldwide. Do you see that being recognized more so than say five, six years ago?
2: Uh, it, from th-
1: building, you know, manufacturers
2: and it technology is. firms. Yeah, okay. I think, I think especially a lot of product manufacturers um, are starting to recognize it a lot more. That actually, if I want my product spec in this building my first point of call was actually to go and work with and more so get to know the architect. Just going in and saying, hey, spec my new ABC product. You're normally either there at the wrong time or it's too late. So you really have to build a relationship and I guess you know this better than anyone, Tom, is (laughs) it's a relationship business, which can be good and bad. Uh, Modeler really helps them kind of at the top of the funnel, identifying which architects could be interested in the products and connecting them. Um, So we save people a lot of time there. But it's really about, uh, you know, you're kind of partnering. You're not just, it's not a very transactional thing, um, which can make the industry really frustrating for some newer product (laughs) manufacturers who they've made a really cool product, but they don't actually understand how to bring it to market, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in products where they can get switched out easily too.
1: Yeah. You know, oftentimes the architects, I've I've stated this, seems like almost every... Month in some in some facet or for some way is it that there's you have your product library, uh, your trash recycle bins, and then your toy box. I use it. To, it's rather, rather simplistic, but I think I use it just to be on purpose simplistic. Is it that, that you would want to get into the toy box, and that toy box may seem like a lot of material uh, technology, but it's it's actually you know just the quickest solution. To specific problems yeah. so i think if if you find that uh you're more in love with the the, the solutions that you can provide that's kind of a better mindset what, what's your thoughts on that
2: definitely yeah okay. i think you're um and it's getting products spec if you can provide more of a solution it's it's less likely to get switched out there's another okay. one too yeah um and you are seeing, especially a lot of these top firms, the materials they use and the products they use, they do use quite a bit to differentiate, uh, especially interior architecture. You see a lot in the Bay Area now where you walk in and I think some of them I saw fit out the other day and they had used actually a material from the automotive industry. Um, so they're tr- different firms are using the materials to differentiate. Uh, mm-hmm. So they are always... And that's where it's so hard is everyone's hungry for new products and new materials and new ideas, but at the same time they don't have all day to spend in, sure. in PowerPoint presentations learning about <laughs> them. So it's it's a tricky one.
1: Yeah. And so obviously you've found a terrific niche. And uh, what you, you mentioned earlier that you were sort of brought to the States with the, the solution that Modeler provides. Is it growing exponentially or the same as it did uh, in new zealand as oh, far as the, the 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 architects number of architects projects have you found like oh that was a great move for us oh definitely yeah. like
2: we've been here over three years now so um, most of our life of the company has actually been we've been north america focused okay um and new zealand's a tiny tiny place It's four and a half million people so it's hard to compare but no we're seeing um we, we, we get this nice effect, really, where the more architects who use our system, the smarter it gets, because they can personalize things, leave feedback on products, interact with each other. So we, we're, we're seeing it growing faster and faster, uh, especially now as the younger generation of architects is coming up. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're, you know, without using too many buzzwords, they're all kind of born digital. Everything they do is mm. online. So uh, we really resonate with that group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of school systems, are are you um, making inroads to universities and architecture schools with that their students so they get familiar with what they'll be doing when they uh, not just for school but when they when they actually are in practice?
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. We um well, we we have users in just about every school architecture school we can think of because um, w- w- we offer the tool for free. The barriers so low, uh, and what we find is, for students doing their work, it does save them a lot of time too. So, um, for the really mundane pieces, so they what we find is they use the tool at school, then when they come into a firm. There's no barrier to stop using it. Okay. Um, so so that's great. We are working on putting in some more um, what I'd call enterprisey features so bigger firms can have a bit more control on...
1: What were you saying, like enterprise-y type? Like, um,
2: yeah. So if you're a bigger firm like, dare I say, it, Gensler or, or a big firm like okay. that, um, just as an example, you often... It's not a free-for-all where your architects can just spec any product they want. There's sort okay. of a few checks and balances in place, as you'd know. Um, so we're looking at how we can evolve the tool to allow for that and just build into some compliance and just checking yeah. and allow the, the library managers they already have to manage their library um as well as the, the one that's just every product available. yeah sense
1: now, how, how do you if you go from a, a large firm to a, a you know a one to five strong practice, d- can they also utilize you as their sort of product librarian? Um,
2: In a lot of ways it, okay. we're, we're not quite there yet but th- that's kind of our, our goal is to get to a point where, we're giving every architect their own research assistant, and then overall, we become kind of the firm's librarian. Yeah, total res- uh, repository, then. Yeah, okay. and then they can kind of. We we have the global library with everything, but then they can have their subset of the stuff they use. Because um, there's always every every firm have pref has preferences for certain sure. products, yeah, uh, which don't change or they don't change very often. Um, and that may be they don't change because it's too hard to change and get the new information. And maybe as we make that easier, it might be different. But our goal is to just make these kind of fiddly, mundane parts of the business a lot easier and more streamlined.
1: Okay, so that was the design, is to, to make that, what you call kind of the mundane. Um, yeah. That was by design. Now, do you do you have uh, users, I'm sure you have users that give you their input, but do you actually act actively seek their feedback in uh you know with high users
2: yeah we do so we um yeah like i I get emails all the time and i know our um our head of design she reaches out to a lot of people so what we try and do is when we're working on something new or a new enhancement we kind of look and go okay who's been using this and let's go talk to them and see how they're I have to be careful because often I say, "Well, oh, I would have wanted it this way," but <laughs> I try and step back and go, yeah. "Okay, we need we need need more than one opinion," um, and we we do try and get them involved, and we find we get a really good reception because uh, a lot of the times they're like, "Wow, someone's here to help me, not sell me something." Yeah. Uh, because we're not selling them anything. We this is completely free, so there's no barrier and we find we really resonate with them because we're one of the only people who actually approaches them with something that can save them a lot of time and help them. Mm -hmm. And we're not really asking for anything in return. Um, Now, what's in it for us is obviously we work partner with a lot of manufacturers, but but the more we streamline the process, it's still better for the architect. The architect would rather have the... If a manufacturer wants to reach them, they might as well reach them in a modern way.
1: Yeah, it's much more... um uh, obviously, there's a lot of magazines, and a lot of periodicals out there yeah. in architecture, design, uh, construction, even even uh, even uh, uh, building materials. the The challenge I think with that is, although they're neat and it's nice to have the the feel of, of pages and t- and look, you just don't have the time to do that. I, it sounds like modelers much more dynamic in in as opposed to just the you know catalogs and magazines is that something that you consider when you design developed modeler as well
2: yeah well, it's kind of the goal it's, okay um, well in, in some ways but so what we try and do is we just go okay well the tool people have used for the last however 50 years has been the magazine oh, 50 and the, years well, you're right oh, it has a, been that long. a very long longer time, time well, longer yeah, yeah i was trying to think <laughs> of the exact but it, it's a long time uh-huh. um <laughs> And the, so what we think is, well, what's the modern take on that? If we built this tool to solve this problem today, what should that look like? Okay. Um, so one thing we're doing now is like all the photos on our site, you can extract the dominant, we're using um, computer vision to extract the dominant color palette in each photo. So you nice. can, so uh. then you can then match products to okay. work with that color palette. You can save the color palette. So things like that. And, It's things you can't do with a magazine. Yeah. Uh, So we we get excited about that stuff because it's, um, you can see we've just, we released our first version of it a few weeks ago, but we're seeing people finding it really useful already. Okay. Uh, And it's also things that people, a lot of people didn't realize that was possible. So that's kind of cool too. They kind of get this wow of, well, that is actually really useful, but I've never been able to do that before. So... So it's kind of exciting doing that kind of thing too. Yeah, with so many
1: so many materials, oh, actually just in general products, whether it's in architecture or even just consumer goods, it seems like it's doubling every year, if not more. So yeah, how do you keep up with all the the changes and the new materials and the new technologies? Yeah, is it do you go out and seek them, or do they kind of come to you, or a little both?
2: We we do a bit of both. Okay. Um, so we now we're getting bigger. We get more and more manufacturers us because it's quite a competitive industry so uh, if we see other people they they like to come in and if they see a competitor uh, but we also look at the data of what people are searching for. If everyone's searching for light fittings and we don't have light fittings we know to reach out and fill that category because that that would help people a lot.
1: This is The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM
0: Music has been used for healing since ancient times. Healing Muses provides high quality live music featuring the harp as part of innovative healing programs to support patient care in Bay Area hospitals, hospices, and covalent centers. The The organization relies on generous support from public and private sources, including individuals. If you'd like to help, you can visit www.healingmuses.org or email information at healingmuses.org. Thank you and now back to the Modern Architect.
1: We are talking today with Scott Barrington, architect and CEO of Modler. For more information, feel free to check out www.modler.com. That's www.modler.com. Dot com. Scott. We were talking about uh, you know the materials and how how it's so it's increasing probably as we speak. And how do you keep up to date with it? And it's a bit of both. Am I correct that, that you seek them, the manufacturers are seeking you? Uh, have you ever tried to quantify the number of products, materials, and technologies out there in the building industry? Uh, I've, I, I'm just I'm, yeah. kind of a baited question because I have and I've never found a number. It's so vast. Um.
2: It is. There's, it's overwhelming, actually. And like you say, and I think it's like in the consumer world, too, is the number of options is increasing. It's not decreasing. It's, I think, actually rapidly growing. Um, one I occasionally look at, although I haven't in a few months, but it, you can't actually look at just the numbers as overwhelming. If you go on Alibaba. Okay. You can you go to like the real estate category, and I think there's something like fifty million different building oh, products. Oh my goodness!
1: Fifty million?
2: There's just some outrageous oh. amount, and now I don't wow. know how accurate that is, but yeah, I, it's, I just it's find fun. that outrageous. Now, obviously, there's not that many in North America, but there's still a lot, uh, and that's part of the problem for an architect is. Even if you were the, you know, you were obsessed with being a building product researcher and that was your full time job, where would you even start? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We all know the big names and the big brands, but beneath that, say, top 500, there's, um, I think the last number we had recently was there was about 34,000 sort of building product supplier companies. U.S.-based? In, in, in the U.S.- North America? Okay. Yeah. Now, um, and obviously they kind of follow a pyramid where m- there's, say, 500 top ones who take the lion's share of the, the sales in the mm. industry. But but I mean, even if you were one person going through all of that, that's overwhelming as, as it is. Yeah. That could mean there's a million different products. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's a tough problem because you, you want to find the new stuff, but then where do you start? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and no where you start, but even if you find it, um, how do you build the kind of relationship to answer the kind of questions that a, a person, a human being would be able to answer? Yeah. That's a, a, another challenging facet as well. I, I noticed on your site, though, is quite dynamic. Um. And that it actually kind of answers a lot of those things. Do you find that the architects feel the same way?
2: Yeah, definitely. So one thing we try and do is we have this layer across everything, whether it's products or the photos of different projects. Uh, We have a question and answer system. And that allows people to actually ask questions uh, to the brands, but also to each other. Um, So I remember when I was working in the sector, if I had a question, I'd ask someone in my office And if they didn't know, so say it was a question about a door system I wanted to use, as an example, if they didn't know the answer, my other option was I could call the sales rep, which I never really ever wanted to do, no offense, but I I didn't have time, uh, because I was the lowest guy in the office, I was the bottom of the ladder, so I mean, I shouldn't have even touched a phone, Um, why are you up from your desk, you know, Um, the... (laughs) So, so it was really tough to answer those questions. So often what would happen is you just wouldn't do it. You'd just fall back to the, the normal product you always use. So you go by default? Yeah, by default. You know, okay. you have your preference because it's easier. Okay. Um, one thing we are trying to do is allow the architects to kind of tap the collective intelligence of the rest of the community. Um, because just because you haven't used the product and someone in your office hasn't used the product, doesn't mean that five hundred other architects haven't used. They may have used it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. um, we're trying to kind of join those dots. And um, what we're finding is other architects, although it can be an interesting industry, uh, they they do quite like helping each other on, on these types of things. Um, it's a bit like people reviewing restaurants on Yelp. Okay, they you know people like to leave feedback. because yeah. also to say the product is. Uh, heaven forbid it's faulty and it, yeah. it leaks and someone i it on a project and it leaked and you know now the client's suing me or something um <laughs> it's kind of nice to let people know that as well so it's um it's kind of nice to connect these people together and yeah. allow them to share industry that previously just stayed locked in their office and it wasn't necessarily proprietary information that made okay. the firm any better it was really just uh there was no way to transmit. Yeah.
1: It. What? What do you? Uh, I just thought of this right now. Was do you think that there's a problem with just going into default?
3: Uh,
1: Sometimes, uh, in, in, all the time.
2: You know, yeah, uh, I okay. think all the time. for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's tough because I think there's that classic joke like no one ever got fired for buying IBM. That may have changed now. but oh, yeah. <laughs> Twenty years ago, and it's, it's so for certain categories for sure. Like there's certain brands that just dominate the category. Everyone specs them. They know it's probably not the best product, but it's not the yeah. worst. It okay, so there the you job. go. That, I think that yeah. helps it.
1: So it's a, it's a that's what I mean by default. Exactly what you're yeah. saying. So they just they're going on what they they're familiar with. Yeah. And obviously, if there's there's a lack of time to go out and find out what might be. More useful, more effective, um, may solve the problem that the owner is looking for. May solve the solve the problem that we're looking to for our client. Yeah, that kind of engagement is not always happening, and you're uh, you're helping to facilitate that. Yeah, yeah, or maximize or optimize uh, that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's our goal is just to, you know, if if we can make it easier for people to find these new materials and make it easier to get feedback on them and get the information they need, get the 3D model they need to actually spec mm-hmm. it, I think people would do it more often. Yeah. If it's really hard to do, people aren't going to do it, especially <laughs> for categories where, uh, you know, if it's something behind the drywall where well, you don't see it anyway, so who cares, but there still may be a better product to use. So, yeah. and, and that's why traditionally the building industry for new product manufacturers has been so difficult to break into because there's just no easy way to get discovered. And also, too, there's just this huge preference to certain brands. So okay. um, it, it has been tough. But I think, uh, like what's happened in other industries, it, it is getting easier. It's sort of flattening out.
1: Yeah. What was what was a, a, a challenge or two that you experienced when you began Modeler? Can you recall one? Whether it was setting up the right software, getting in the cloud, what was one oh, or two the, that...
2: Yeah, no, the the hardest problem for us wasn't a a technology problem. The hardest problem for us was almost a chicken and egg problem was uh, (laughs) who who comes first, you know, because if we don't have any architects, none of the manufacturers want to partner and work with our system. But if we don't have any manufacturers, there's no point for the architects to use it. So that involved uh, talking to a lot of people to to get the initial ones on. And we did that and we're at a point now where we're kind of past that phase and, the, the two sides are working. But it was very hard at the start because where, where it helped was all the architects wanted what we do to exist. They okay. know it solves a problem. They're like, you know, it's free for them. It's easy. It's great. They're really happy. The manufacturers were tricky because they were, um, in a lot of ways, they were set in their ways. Sure. Um, they, they had been, you know, you take a company who's sold the same product offering for 50 years. They've marketed it the same way. They've sold it the same way. They've used the same channel partners. They've done their brochures in the same way. They've done their samples in the same way. They've thrown a Christmas party every year. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they had a playbook and it was very hard to go in and say, well, hang on, you know, maybe some of that money you're spending on magazine ads would be better off mm-hmm. spent actually reaching people through the internet and
1: Yeah. What was the response to that? Initially, it was pretty low because okay. you,
2: you know, and it's <laughs> it was pretty low. And dare I say that, yeah, it was it was really tough. Okay. um In the last two years, we've noticed a massive change. It's I don't know if it's new people coming into the building product manufacturers kind of marketing departments or new agencies, just fresh blood. But we're seeing a lot more now because. These traditional channels like magazines and trade shows, they're still big. They're still happening, and I think they'll always happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I still subscribe to a range of magazines, and I really enjoy reading them. And I still go to a few of the trade shows, and it's great. Um, But the, the, the numbers are reducing slowly. So the number of people reading the magazines, the number of people going to the trade shows is... Is is getting lower and lower. Yeah, uh, and I think that's just because the the modern people coming out of architecture school, they they don't look at magazines or go to trade shows for anything else in their life, so they don't expect to do that when they're working. Is <laughs> is right, the yeah. honest truth? I yeah. think. Um, yeah. And when you look at it like that, you're kind of like, well, of course this is happening. Yeah, but when we started trying to convince a lot of these product manufacturers was really tough um, yeah. but you know we work with some great partners now and it's definitely we're, we're seeing a big shift yeah um, even yeah.
1: if you if you take the numbers that we did, we uh, uh, talked about uh, a while back is uh, the 50 million was it for Alibaba the, did they say 50 million even it's if it, that's really outrageous okay like say that, that say yeah. it is it's it's not it's not accurate, um, even if it's only say f- five million. Okay, yeah. from the fifty million, and you take a shift of every uh, every annual ten percent of that five million is aware that there's another way to reach um, the buyer, and that ten percent is pretty significant. So you can see within four, or four, three to five years, you have oh a massive shift from what once. Was a traditional, as you said, trade show, yeah, uh, holiday party, uh, magazine ad, uh, stat. I call that I call that static, yeah. even though it's great and I enjoy it. It's it's more static. It's Simple. not it's not dynamic. Like like uh, the web offers it just yeah. it just isn't for everything, for most everything, and that's um, still a significant shift. And I'm, I'm actually liking it. To uh, it's not too unlike. It's a different industry, but the pharmaceutical industry—how the yeah. the pharmaceutical firms went directly to the physicians, mm. and then the physicians would diagnose whatever the uh, the remedy would be for their patients, and then they would um, prescribe whatever is, the medicine or the, the yeah. prescription for the patient. Yeah. And I look at the uh, the the manufacturers; similar, it's not too dissimilar to that more. Do you think it's... it's yeah, no, it's, okay. a, it's
2: a great parallel, really. It's okay. probably the closest. Um, when I talk to people, it, it's one of the closest parallels to the construct how the construction industry works is um, these pharmaceutical companies, if they've got a new drug, the first thing they do is go and tell all the doctors because they know if the doctor prescribes it, yes. that's how they sell it. So it, it's very similar to a, a building product. Uh, trying to get a new product into the market, uh, I do think the pharmaceutical industry has kind of has been doing that system a lot longer, and I think it's oh, probably sure. a lot yeah. slicker at it. I think construction's <laughs> probably catching up.
1: Yeah, um, that would be a whole different presentation if you look at it to if yeah. you, if you were uh, you know a phys- <laughs> if you're not a physician and you're selling it to a potential person. Let's say they have uh, um, you know. Some an ailment of some sort, rather than going directly to the people you think have that ailment, you go to yep. the physician who says, okay, I specialize in people who yeah. have that ailment and I think I can help remedy it. Um, how, what about also the, the new technologies, not just the material, but technology that have uh, come about that um, uh, are, are, are they, are available and have, are proven? Are they getting into the marketplace as well from, from what you see? you know, like better lighting or
2: uh oh yeah you know, yeah so on the um on the kind of
1: sustainable sustainable uh, yeah uh, materials
2: yeah. yeah like i think as we all know in recent years there's a lot more you know there's a lot more push to kind of things that are lead certified okay. or, or green uh. green building in general um but there, there's some amazing stuff coming through and and i think in the next couple of years we'll see
1: excellent yeah. This is The Modern Architect, KZSU, 90.1 FM, Stanford.
0: The Loop with Drew Deep is a radio show featuring electronic music, ranging from mouse to techno to down-tempo, and everything that's good in the underground. Each week, the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live Guest DJs from around the world. That's the loop with Drew Deep from eleven AM to 3 p.m. on KZSU Stanford. And now back to the Modern Architect.
1: We're talking today with Scott Barrington, architect and CEO of Modler. For more information, Mauddler.com. That's ww.modla.com. Scott, how uh, how have you seen the sustainable materials and technologies? Yeah, say in the last couple of years, has it increased?
2: I think it's okay. just, yeah, like I think we've all heard a lot of noise about it for, I don't know, the last 10 years really. <laughs> but I think in the last two to, th- well, it just feels like it's happening now, there's a really big push. And there's a lot of kind of really exciting stuff coming out now. Like, you know, we're seeing a lot of materials and degrading solar panels and things. Like I saw the other day, like... This company's bringing out glass that has solar panel in it, and you can't even see it. Um, no way.
1: Really? Yeah. Within the glass?
2: Within the, you know, and you can just see through it like a window, yet it generates. So stuff like that's pretty incredible. And and like, they they sell it. They're, well, they're getting ready to sell it. Um, you're seeing solar panels put in roof tiles, all this kind of thing. Um, but I think in general, there's just a way bigger push towards sustainability and green building. And mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think just people in general are realizing you know this is the only planet we've got and we, we some. need to, some yeah <laughs> keywords some. Um, and we need to stop wrecking it. And I yeah. think a big you know one of the biggest waste products is building materials and when we build a building, how much waste there is and just um, so you're th- seeing things like prefabrication and things like that, reducing waste and just other ways we can actually, not just pick sustainable materials, but actually, when we're building, build them more sustainably. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's some amazing products coming out. Um, another one is actually just around the designer buildings. We're seeing a few more designs now that really kind of uh, are built around bringing the outside fresh air naturally into the building instead of forced through HVAC systems. Say that again. So the,
1: the the fresh air is from the outside.
2: Well, you just is seeing, it direct? Yeah, so you're okay. just seeing more. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, there's a few buildings going up actually in the Bay Area here, some tech campuses where, you know, they're really integrating how just window automation and things to bring in more fresh air instead of just okay. traditionally where you just push yes. air conditioning into the building all day long. Because um, I think they're finding that it just gives people a nicer workplace. It's more natural. It's just healthier. Yeah. It's a healthier building. So that's kind of. I guess it's not necessarily green building, but it's it's kind of an interesting trend. Um, But certainly too, like back to the architects, we're seeing more and more of a push for architects when they are choosing a product, how green that product is, is becoming more and more of a consideration. So I think any new companies bringing products to market now (coughs) are getting the sustainability stuff sorted from the start. They're not... A lot of the older companies had to retrospectively do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, like, if you're bringing a product to market tomorrow and you don't have a green stamp of approval on it, you're... You're out. You're, Not out, but... You, 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 you probably be. shouldn't be doing what yeah. you do. You, like, you clearly don't get it. Yeah. Um, it do you is, see it more
1: here in, in California or even New Zealand? Um, or across the country, do you see it trending?
2: Uh, I think it's happening everywhere, to be okay. fair. Uh, okay. I think here in California we're all pretty green in general, um, which is great. (laughs) And, you know, we've been good at conserving water the last few years. So you're seeing that a lot. Um, but I, I think it is happening everywhere. People, you know, countries are realizing that we do, we do need to do this. It's not, it's not really a choice. We do have to make everything more green. And I think you look at how big the building industry is and how much Change can be affected through the building industry. It's it's one of the key areas, I think.
1: Yeah, no, you said something interesting. I thought well, a lot of things interesting, but one in particular was healthier buildings. I don't know if you've caught that, but you were saying the healthier buildings. See, do you see that vision and that um, platform taking place before a building is even built to actually make it a healthy building? Or healthier, I think you said healthier, but... Yeah, you know, I uh, think... Because I'm it makes it sound like it's a living, breathing <laughs> yeah.
3: entity, which I
1: think it is. You know, I'm a tree hugger's tree hugger. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like that healthier building, and if you have that mindset about the building, it seems it seems like it, you would be considering the total of the entire uh, the project for not just initially, but for 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 years down. You... you uh,
2: Yeah I think once again we're seeing more of it is and like you see it here a lot in the Bay Area with okay there's a lot of big tech companies with a lot of money to spend on new corporate campuses so Mm -hmm. they don't have necessarily the same constraints as other people Um, but a big thing they're doing is you know how do we make this a great place to work and it's not just the perks like free food it's actually when people are sitting at their desk doing work is the surroundings. You know, are they getting the fresh air and the sunlight and the vitamin D they need? Sure. Th- things yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, we're currently sitting in an underground bunker, so we're <laughs> we're not getting any of that. Um, it but, can be arranged, though. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't it? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it's interesting. I think people are thinking about that more. Um, and especially just, you know, you're seeing more people working from home or working remotely. And just, uh, I think... P- people are realizing that actually if they are in a good environment which is often the building they they do work better yeah um, and companies are realizing that i think that actually they it's not necessarily about spending as much money as possible on their surroundings in the office environment but just doing it in the right way can actually improve their employees lives yeah um, even just a little bit in yeah that that you know it's good for everyone yeah
1: you're talking about the indoor indoor air quality um i've read before actually several places i can't quote them but i know i've read it and you're welcome to look it up um our listeners and audience is the indoor air quality at times if not uh often maybe worse than the outdoor have you heard that
2: i have heard it and i believe it um yeah at our i'm we're lucky in in our office here um and I know my guys often get annoyed with me, but I I always have the windows open. I just open the windows and we have air conditioning and stuff and yeah. it's it's an old building and it's centrally managed and we're not even sure how to control it, to be fair. <laughs> but um, it's an old system. But I always have the windows open most days of the week because it's just nice getting that fresh air. Even mm-hmm. on a cold day, I, I think you feel better. Um, yeah, and, yeah, especially a lot of older buildings, I'd say they probably the air quality wouldn't be great in some of these older office buildings.
1: Yeah, and you're saying older. What do you think? Even 10, 15 years ago?
2: Yeah, I, do, I yeah. can't say. If but that's the yes, case, then yeah, it, may yeah. be,
1: it may be the majority of the buildings may be <laughs> kind of ill,
3: oh, it, well, kind
1: of recovering like I am. Yeah,
3: for, yeah. <laughs> 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 no,
1: really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. significant. That be, uh, so that means that there is the technology and there are solutions that you can minimize that poor indoor air quality. Is that yeah. an example of an architect saying, look, we want to make a building more healthy? I think yeah. Well, I just came up with this while we've been talking, yeah, Scott. Yeah. So, but uh, but really, but <laughs> that you you touched on something when you said a healthier building.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely okay. a tr- like from <clears throat> from the architects we see using our system, and when we talk to them and see the projects, you see just in the architecture, there's definitely a trend towards that of kind of, I think really thinking about okay, not just how do we maximize the floor space, but how to, how are people actually going to work in this building mm-hmm. and because they're going to be there 40, 50 hours a week. So how does it, if we can make it a little bit better, that's great. Yeah. And I think people appreciate it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, if you, if you take a, an architecture firm, even if it's just one to five strong, and how they receive and uh, their information for materials or new technology for what's existing and you implement Modeler with them, how much, have you ever tried to quantify a percentage of time that they may save or speed that they may um, be able to expedite um, their specifications?
2: Yeah, we. it's pretty hard to put an exact figure yeah. on it because we don't have every product yet. We're, we're okay. trying to get there, but... Um, what we find is that we just start becoming a key piece of their workflow. So it's not that they'll sit down and save an hour using us, but they might save a minute here, a minute here, a couple of minutes there, 10 minutes there, uh, and all that time does add up.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: Um, so we, we do see they get a good ROI, for lack of a better turn, um, just because all that little time does add up. And also just the frustration of finding the information. They didn't have to email someone to get it. It was there. They didn't have to ask 10 people in the office this (laughs) question because someone had answered it. Um, They were looking for new ideas. They didn't have to search across, I don't know, Pinterest, Google Image Search, and 10 other things to find it. We just have have it nicely curated for them. So we we just save people little nuggets of time here and there, and, and that all adds up to you know, over a month, actually quite a lot of time. Oh, significant.
1: And that's, mm. you, you're looking at just one, say it's a one project in, uh, if most, and many firms have anywhere between, well, at least I know this was several years ago, anywhere between say three and a half to 10 projects per year. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's significant. Oh, it adds up. Yeah. That's, you may be going, you may be saving them over a year, at least a quarter of a quarter
2: yeah the yeah. it, it all adds up if you have numerous employees and because um, also too, it's the the time we help people save, no one wants to be doing that time anyway. They want yeah. to be designing. they want to be doing the bits they went to university yeah. to do. They don't the especially product research and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it is all stuff we can get speed up. So they don't they don't want to do it. If we can speed it up, it's great their boss doesn't really want them doing it he just wants he or she just wants to make sure it's accurate yes um and and that's that's the exciting part really
1: scott it's been terrific having you here today we really appreciate you coming out to stanford really do um we're honored you've been our guests and thank you for your generous support of kzsu stanford the modern architect radio show and podcast it's been an honor to have you and uh you come back again soon.
2: yeah no thanks so much Tom you guys have been awesome and um, we'll, we're happy to support someone in the Bay Area and just be involved with promoting modern architects
1: excellent we're uh, we're happy you again you've been listening to the modern architect I'm Tom Dioro our guest today has been Scott Barrington architect and CEO of Modler, a platform that connects architects and designers from the world's top firms with building products from the world's best brands for more information See www.modler.com. That is www.modlar.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and
0: lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California. It is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Jaggi. Assistant engineer is McGregor-Joyner, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you for tuning in this week, and listening in again next week on Monday morning at 10am for another episode of The Modern Architect. Very good. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.